Warning, this episode contains foul language, a haunting of demonic nature, sound effects, and music. You are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with a special guest or just each other and we talk about something weird. But this week is extra special because it's Halloween, y'all. It's the absolute best day of the year. So we are here with a very special edition episode to go along with your holiday festivities. Today we are bringing you a collection of stories all revolving around a single book. Can a house be so haunted that even just writing about it spreads evil across the world? Or maybe just reading about a paranormal event can open you up to experiencing something yourself. Come listen to these eerie tales and decide for yourself on this All Hallows Eve. My name is Lauren, and this is my witchy co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. <laughs> I like being called Hello. witchy. That's always exciting for me. Isn't it fun? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say it so sad the I, second well, time? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's right. you know, I mean, I w- well, I was about to say, like, happy Halloween, or also maybe hope you had a good Halloween. Let's hope yes, this is it- Halloween while you're listening to it might be Dia de los Muertos. Who knows? <laughs> it might be... What's, isn't November 2nd something, too? Is that uh, all, all Saints? I don't know. All it, Saints it Day? Might, Is that a thing? I don't know. It might be. Whenever you know you're what? listening to this, it's shortly after Halloween or yeah. possibly on Halloween. Hope it so was great for you. <laughs> hope everyone's having a lovely time. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for uh, bringing me in so spectacularly. Um, oh, of course. This is kind of I'm a weird so episode, and I really appreciate you agreeing to do this with me because I was oh, like, so maybe bad. I'll just read it um, freeform by myself. <laughs> I was like, that's weird. I don't want to do that. I do not I mean, want to do that. It would have been lovely because you're a great storyteller, but I'm very happy to be here to listen live and react because I already know a little bit of mm-hmm. what we're talking about today, and it really creeps me out. It makes me feel a certain way, and I'm ready to hear more. Well, um, yeah, so this Halloween, I wanted to tell you guys a story about something that happened to me, and I've actually wanted to tell this story on the show since the day we started the podcast, but I was saving it for, like, I don't even know what I was saving it for at this point. I think I was waiting for a specific guest, but scheduling never panned out, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just going to say, F it. I'm ready to tell you guys <laughs> Do about it. the scariest thing that ever happened to me and to many others, it turns out. Um, some dun, I know dun, and some dun. I don't. I'm so pumped. Also, I haven't heard your story in so long, so I'm also just excited for the refresh. This I was is... going to say, I don't think I've told you this story since like before we had the show. 
Yeah, you definitely told me pre-podcast. Like, it was just a story that you were telling me, and I was like, excuse me, (laughs) this is real. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm buckled in. Let's go. Okay, so first and foremost, a warning. Um, I honest to God, like I'm not doing this. I don't want you guys to like rush out and buy this book in hopes that you have the same experience. It is a great book. It's a terrifying story, but I really like hand to heart believe that this story is about something. I don't even know if I believe in demons, but it's pretty darn close. If if they exist, it's the closest I've ever seen. It's something evil. Mm -hmm. And after you hear about it, you'll probably agree. I would think so. Another thing. I typed up my experience from memory a couple weeks ago, like three weeks ago, just to make sure that there weren't any fuzzy details or anything. And no one read it. No one has read this at all except me. Um, Everyone that sent in their story separately, they did so without hearing mine. And the opposite. I hadn't heard theirs before they wrote it out for me either. And I just say this because, as you'll find, the parallels are kind of wild to these stories. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this was in 2009. I was going to college at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, and I lived in a trailer outside of town, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I'd lived there for about five months at the time. I think I moved in like May, and I loved it. I really did. So it's October. It's Halloween time, and the first thing I do is go to Barnes & Noble to find a good spooky book to read. Of course. As you do. I was there for like an hour. I swear I read the book jacket of like 40 books and I just couldn't find one that I wanted to read. So I was pretty bummed and I was leaving the bookstore when I saw a pair of eyes on a bookend. And I don't know if I've ever felt so drawn to something. I just like walked straight to it. I picked it up. And just started heading for the checkout. Like eight steps in, I was like, what the fuck am I even buying? Like, What am I doing? <laughs> it was like leading you to the checkout. Yeah, it was just like, this is the one. And then I was like, what? <laughs> so I looked at the book and it was called The Uninvited, The True Story of the Union Screaming House by Stephen Lachance. And I was like, what? Holy shit. I know the story. Like I've heard of the Union Screaming House. It's a haunted house in Union, Missouri, which is less than two hours away from my hometown. So like I had already heard of this. Yeah. And the book is about a man named Stephen Lachance who moved into the house with his family, was literally terrorized um, and came back years later to help the next family that moved in because they were being terrorized too. Um, He had written some of his experiences in a blog online, and this family happened to find it somehow and read it and ended up asking for his help. So that's what the book is about. And I was in. I bought it. I was like, yep, that sounds scary and good, and this is mine. Yeah, it's like this book sounds awesome and perfect for Halloween. And perfect for Halloween. I honestly don't remember if I started reading it right away, like I went home and started reading it right away or what, but I eventually I started reading it and I was hooked. It was so scary. I um, bet. It was so scary. And I don't even recall whether or not I believed every word or if I was just having a good time. Like I don't really remember. It wasn't significant yet. 
And uh, I lived alone in this trailer in the middle of nowhere again. So I only read during the day because I didn't want to creep myself out right before I tried to sleep alone. I would in the like dark. being in a trailer in the middle of oh nowhere God. at night. Like, no, I would never watch a scary show. Truly. I wouldn't read a scary book. I would have to, it would have to be like all rainbows and butterflies <laughs> consistently. Yeah. I mean, it was 10 minutes. It was like a 10 minute drive just to get to Carbondale, like get into the college town. But mm-hmm. even just like if you stepped outside of my trailer, you saw no- it was like woods, like you saw Oof. nothing, and it was dark, and like you Spooky. don't know anyone that lives there. Like it was, it was scary in general being all the way out there by myself for the first time. Were there other trailers close to you? Yeah, or were you yeah. like truly isolated. No, okay. I was in a park. Like I knew the guy that lived right next to me. It was an old man who smoked unfiltered cigarettes and had two fat cats, and like I knew him, <laughs> and he was great. But like great. I didn't know anyone else, and like there was a light in the little park on my street but it was like super mm-hmm. yellow and dim so and before like this scary movie light yeah exactly and before this i had lived with my parents for 20 years and then i mm-hmm. lived in a one-bedroom apartment like on campus so this was like right. oh by the way you're alone now yeah, so oh my god <laughs> it was pretty uh creepy but i never felt creeped out like i loved living there until you know now this so so one day I'm in my living room and I'm reading this book and and real quick just to get a layout I'm on the couch and to the right of the couch is the dining area and kitchen a short little hallway and then my room all the way at the end and it's a trailer so it's all just long you know and to my left is the second bedroom which is like right there to my left so I'm reading and I get to a chapter uh let's say it's chapter 20 i have no idea what chapter it is but i get to a chapter that starts to dip into the idea of demons and demonic possession a person who lived in the house at the time in the union house at the time started behaving in some really fucked up ways so i'm in my living room it's daytime but i've got a reading lamp on too and i start the chapter and i read maybe four lines when my reading lamp starts to flicker So I look up at the lamp, it flickers a few more times and stops. So I go back to my book, I start reading the chapter again, again, four lines in, and the lamp starts to flicker. So I look up at it and it stops. And like I said, it's it's day, so I just open my blinds a bit more and I turn the lamp off because I figure the bulb is dying. I'm not relating anything to the book. You're just like, I have a bad light bulb. Yeah. I go back to the book and I start reading. I get about four lines in. <laughs> you know when you like get distracted and you have to start the paragraph over? Yes, it's happens like, Jesus all the time. Christ. So this is my <laughs> third time reading the same four lines. And my two cats start getting like kind of pissed. They were just lounging in the living room. But they both just got up and were crazy agitated and they started started doing this like choreographed thing where they would take a few steps and then turn and then take a few steps and then turn like they were going Ooh. in a weird formation they were both doing it it's creepy and my boy cat my my azzy man started sort of like growling a bit like cats do like in the back of their throat mm-hmm. and uh, i still do not think it's the book i'm just like what's going on what's wrong with you i get up i try to pet them and they both move away from me and that was really weird because they were not skittish cats at all yeah 
So I, I, I go back to the couch because I'm like, they obviously don't want anything to do with me. And eventually the cats go back to just like laying around. So I'm like, okay. So I tuck my feet up under myself because <laughs> I was like, that was weird. And I start reading this dang chapter again. Ugh, starting over. And I get about half a page read. I get a little bit past the fourth line. When the cats all of a sudden get up and they didn't run, but they also didn't like saunter into mm-hmm. the second bedroom to my left. And as soon as they're gone, I hear a thud from my bedroom at the end of the trailer to my right. Mm-hmm. Now, when I tell you that the end of the trailer is the darkest thing I've ever seen. Nope. I mean it. It is so dark. I couldn't see anything past the kitchen. The hall and the bedroom are completely black. I mean, I had blackout curtains. Like, that's not weird. But I'm just saying, I couldn't see anything past the kitchen. It's not always fun to just, like, stare into a black hole. Sure isn't. When you're, like, on alert. Nope. Especially when you hear something thump in there. Like, there was a sound from the bedroom. So, nope. I don't think I breathed for a minute. Like, I just sat there holding my breath. I was just frozen, staring at the bedroom, listening. And I looked towards the door, and I saw my car keys were hanging there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to muster the courage to sprint to the door, and I'm going to leave. I'm just going to leave. So, still staring into the black void, expecting a murderer to appear, I go to put my feet down and get up when something sharp stabs my foot. And I yelped, like I was a dog, I yelped. And I, like, instinctively just sat right back down and grabbed my foot. And I saw a scratch. There was no blood or anything. It wasn't, like, dramatic. It was just, like, white and raised. And I looked down, and my heart stopped beating. Because on the ground, the object that cut my foot was my crucifix that hung on the wall in my bedroom. No, 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 no. Oh. There is no way... It could have gotten from the wall in my bedroom to the floor of my living room. Like you for no, no reason would have taken that off your wall. No. It, like, I didn't even no have it because it I was religious. It's a precious moments crucifix that I've had since like birth. I don't know. I know it's special to me. It always hung in my bedroom at home. That's why I took it with me. It wasn't because I was like, I yeah. pray to it. Like it's a precious right. moments thing. Yeah. I even have it on the wall here. It's just something I've always had on my wall. Um, no way. I don't touch it. It was on the floor in my living room. Uh, So I ran. (laughs) I ran. Yeah. I ran so fast. I didn't put shoes on. I didn't pick up the cross. I didn't grab the book. I didn't grab my purse. I just ran. And I'm pretty, I don't know what happened after that. I'm pretty sure I just went um, and sat in the theater department at the school and talked to whoever would talk to me because I was so scared. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine. I would have lost my damn mind. So after that, what happened? I know I had my boyfriend at the time come back to the trailer with me and check things out. Because at the time, I was like, someone's in here. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Crucifix is still on the floor. Cats are totally fine. Nothing else is touched or moved. So I hang the cross back up and I decide I'm never reading that book there again. But I really did want to finish it. So I would take it to campus and read it there. Yeah. And eventually, you know, people enough people ask, like, what are you reading and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I've talked to them about it and I eventually, you know, um, worked up the nerve to tell some of my close friends about what I had experienced and how creeped out I was. I didn't tell anyone about the crucifix, actually, 
uh, till years later. I just said that like weird stuff was happening in my trailer and I thought it was because of this book. And naturally they were like, please let me read it. Yeah, of course. Please let me, can I read that book? So when I was finished, I gave it out. I think a total of maybe like four people read it. Two had no experiences at all, but one of them did for sure. His name is Jim. And I actually reached out to him and asked him to write out what he experienced in his own words. So I'm going to read that to you now. Let's do it. Um, so again, I, I literally just reached out and was like, hey, do you remember that weird book that we read in college? I was going to talk about it on an episode of the show. Can you just tell me what exactly you experienced? So Jim says, this story took place, I believe, my junior year in college. So like 20, 21 years old at the time. So I was reading this book you gave me and the first thing that happened, I kind of dismissed because I was alone and maybe I just freaked myself out. But I was walking up the back stairs and of his house and I saw a white shadowy figure in the basement door window. I couldn't make out the shape, but when I turned my head back, the white shadow was gone. The next couple of events that were happening to me were all similar to some sleep paralysis events that had happened before. But normally during sleep paralysis, my mind knows that it's awake and my body is just frozen and asleep and I can just calm myself down and eventually wake myself up from a, a paralysis attack. But in these cases, which happened over the course of three to four weeks, it felt it very much felt like I was in control of my body and my mind. And I would actually see it was odd. It was that white smoky aura similar to the thing I saw in the basement window. The first time it happened to me, it felt like it had crawled up my legs and pinned my legs down. Ugh. I jolted up and felt nothing. The next time it happened, I felt an instant pinning down of my knees and then a grip around my neck. Nope. Right? Okay. Um, at the time, my girlfriend was sleeping next to me and I remember trying to gasp and say help and shake my body free. And she eventually woke up and as soon as she had rolled over, the pressure relieved off my neck and my legs and my knees. So that was the first major event that I definitely remember vividly and was like, I'm not making this up. I'm not scaring myself. Yikes. There were a couple other events like that where I just felt cold and could see that white aura in the room and couldn't move. Uh, but some other random creepy stuff happened too. There were some poltergeist type things happening. The house we're in at the time, our bedroom was attached to the kitchen, which attached to the living room area. And I remember one time I was walking from the bedroom through the kitchen to the living room. I remember very clearly all the lights were on, all the cabinet doors were shut. I turned around like a second later because I forgot my phone in the bedroom. Walking back, literally seconds later... And four or five cabinet doors were wide open. Oh. Like that scene in Poltergeist Oof. where she pushes all the chairs in, turns around, and turns back, and, and they're stacked up on the table. Everything's stacked. That is one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen. It goes along with also in The Sixth Sense when all of the cabinets yeah. open. When Haley Joel Osment's just sitting at the table. I like, there's something about everything in the kitchen being you know changed up and yeah. open and out of place it's so creepy it's also creepy just like not hearing it happen and just yes. being like up oh. <laughs> it just silently what? changes within seconds and you're like i nope my mind can't comprehend this i don't want it so jim was saying at that point he was paranoid enough to notice it and make note of it 
Yeah. You know, and he did say, I wasn't, maybe my roommate at the time was just messing with me, but it definitely wasn't like a dumb stoner moment where you think, oh, I probably left that cabinet door open. I was stone cold sober at the time. Another thing that would happen is I would consistently hear a thumping in my closet at night. Nope. Sorry, Lauren. Also, as soon as you said thump in my closet, my upstairs neighbor like, I heard stomped it. across the floor. Did you? For and the I, first my time, heart, I heard it. My heart just stopped. I almost wonder if, like, I kind of hope my microphone, like, picks it up. Usually I pray it doesn't pick it up. But in that moment, I'm like, what a lovely sound effect. Because <laughs> I heard it and I looked to my right, uh, my left where the closet was because I was like, what's that? <laughs> That was the craziest timing. You literally had just finished saying the word closet and it went boom. <laughs> like my neighbor, like, I think hopped off his bed and hit the floor. That is, whew, my heart's pounding Your a bit. neighbor okay. might also be a ghost. We aren't sure. Yeah, we're not positive. I still haven't met him. Alex claims he has, but I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if Alex <laughs> just walked into an empty apartment and was like, hi, guys. Hello, no neighbor. No one's there. Eventually, I had gotten so freaked out. This is still Jim. I had gotten so freaked out that I stopped reading the book, and my girlfriend at the time was reading along with me. She ended up finishing the book, and she said some of the things that were happening to me were happening to the main protagonist in the book, too. I don't know how accurate that is, because I didn't finish it. But she didn't tell me that until after she finished the book. So it's not like she said, hey, so this is happening to this guy, and then I got it in my head and started thinking it was happening to me. That's not what happened. There were a lot of lights flickering moments when my girlfriend was reading it. And uh, when I took it to your house one time, I remember we were sitting at the dining room table and the overhead dining room light went out. And then that's when you told me, he's talking about me, that your reading light went out the first night you read it too. No. So he didn't even know about that happening. Yeah, he hadn't even been told yet. And then it happens like in front of both of you. That's. That's crazy. Then he just says, I gladly never saw that book again. And no more events like that ever happened. Because it was the book. it was the book. So a little bit more on my end, um, just following the, the timeline. One time we were at a party in college. Jim was not there for this. I actually asked him after he sent his story in, but I'm pretty sure it was at his house. I could have sworn it was. Anyway, we're all standing around. We're playing beer pong or cards or something and someone brings up the book and we start talking about it and as we're chatting this loud bang comes from the corner of the room was there a bang in your apartment no i was waiting though i was holding so still it's like a ghost (laughs) helping me with sound effects they're like don't worry i got you girl (laughs) there's a bang from the corner of the room and there's this floor lamp there and we walk over to investigate it i remember for sure it was me and my friend justin we walk over to investigate it and the bulb in the lamp had exploded oh gosh little bulb glasses everywhere and the lamp was not plugged in wait what the lamp was not plugged in it was just sitting there it was like an old shitty floor lamp just a crappy lamp that exploded for absolutely no reason exploded right as we were talking about it ashley we have no idea how that happened um i don't know how that's possible but it did and there were about six witnesses so jeez I hate that. And at this time, as all of this is happening and people are reading this book, my trailer is oppressive. Mm. Nothing major happens really, but it just feels so heavy. I have to have lights on all the time. 
Uh, the cats were skittish when they never, ever were before. It just felt really weird. Every once in a while, you'd hear a thump uh, in like the kitchen area. And it sounded exactly like the way it did when my cats would jump off the counter onto the linoleum or onto, uh, jump off the fridge and onto the ground. Just like a light mm-hmm. like thump, like a cat. Yeah. And um, no, I did not know this was happening to Jim in his closet until he wrote that story up for me two weeks ago. <laughs> Ooh, even creepier. Oh, and the worst thing was, the worst thing was that my shower curtains would never stay open. I would make sure they were open because a closed shower curtain is terrifying and it's the worst. There's for sure a murderer behind it. You have to pull it to the side every time you go to the bathroom. It's exhausting. Yeah. So like I would never, ever, ever leave it open and I would like go, um, I would go out and I would, you know, live my life and I would come home and go to brush my teeth or pee or whatever and the curtain would be closed. And I would have to do that thing where I'd brace myself to be murdered as I flung it open. Like, you should have started keeping a weapon with you at all times when you walked into the bathroom. If, like, (laughs) I would not have survived. Uh, Also, fun, my bedroom had an entire mirror wall. And I swear I would always see my own body move sometimes when I wasn't physically moving. Like, my reflection wasn't connected to me. So I didn't see other things in the mirror. Yeah, you would see your own body moving. But I would see myself move. And I didn't move. No, thank you. So fast forward, I move out in December of that year. I moved to LA and my sister moves in. And being the amazing, considerate sister that I am, I do not tell her about the demon that lives in the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That is so sweet of you to look out for her and not warn her, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, is that I've told you this before. Like, we grew up in the same house. I had experiences. She never did. She never experienced that stuff. So I figured she was fine. And she would That is completely fair. But here's what my sister had to say about living in that trailer. (laughs) Um, also, again, I want to preface that even though I knew Jim and Jamie and others had had experiences with the, that book, I didn't know any of the details. Like, I learned most, if not all, of the details uh, right freaking now when they wrote their stories out for me. And this all happened at a time in my life where I wasn't super open about talking about my paranormal experiences. It was long yeah. before there was ever a podcast. So it just it wasn't talked about. Right. So okay. my sister Jamie writes... So the first thing that happened occurred before I even moved in. I had come down to Carbondale for a party you were having, and in the middle of the night, I woke up to a knock at the door. The guy wouldn't leave, and he kept knocking. I heard him say over and over, I wish someone would let me in so I could go to sleep. I wish someone would let me in so I could go to sleep. So I said, Michael, because it sounded like Michael, which was my boyfriend at the time. (laughs) And he replied, yeah, let me in so I can go to sleep. No. So I opened the door and I had a door and then I had a glass door as well. Like a, you know, glass, what are those called? Storm door? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I had a glass door as yeah, well. Yeah, storm door. And uh, she opened the door and she said it was not Michael. But the guy said his name was Mike. He was in a gray hoodie and just kept asking to come inside. He said he needed to go to sleep. She said no. it. Keep in mind it was 3 a.m. And the trailer (laughs) was out in the middle of nowhere. I looked to the street and I did not see a car or anything. And I kept telling him he was at the wrong place and I asked him to leave. 
Uh, he wouldn't, and eventually I just shut the door, but I could still hear him talking and walking around on the porch. So I went to grab the real Michael, and within seconds, Michael ran out the door, and the guy had disappeared. He was nowhere to be seen. Um, He searched around the entire trailer. He found nothing, no sign of him. Could have been someone who was drunk or high, but, like, where could he have gone? Right. She said, who knows? He just vanished. Probably nothing, but it was terrifying and didn't make any sense, and we have no idea where this guy went. Awesome. Once I moved in, it just started as small stuff. I'd hear something falling on the floor in the kitchen while I was in bed. (sighs) It sounded just like a small tapping sound. I'd hear what sounded like people walking up and down the trailer while I was in bed. Uh, When I'd be in the living room, especially at night, I just felt like someone was watching me. Keep in mind, I kept all your blackout curtains so no one could be looking in the windows. All the blinds were always closed. I just always had an eerie feeling that I was not alone, even though I lived completely alone. It was constantly an unsettling feeling in that trailer. Loki was never the same. Loki was a cat my sister adopted that then lived with my mom and dad for eight or nine years before she actually passed away a few months ago. Hmm. When I met her, she was sweet and lovable. A little skittish, but nothing extreme. She was a kitten. Okay. Her and I would spend a lot of time watching Dexter with her on my shoulder. But as time went on, things changed. She started to refuse to go to certain parts of the trailer. She'd wake me up in the middle of the night crying, but I could never figure out why. She'd stare off at nothing and wouldn't look away for a long time. And eventually refused to let anyone near her except for mom. Not me, dad, you, or anyone else. My mom ended up having to adopt her from Jamie because she wouldn't let anyone come near her that's crazy she would like only go to your mom yeah i can vouch for this when i would visit my parents loki would sometimes occasionally lay in my lap but i couldn't pet her she she'd bite me so i just had to sit there with my hands up not breathing because oh, geez. i didn't want to get bit so <laughs> uh, yeah jamie goes on to say i would start to hear tapping on the windows at night oh my but nope, nothing I'd, was ever I there. I would have to move out. I, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? You're in the middle of nowhere, too. So even if it's a human, that's it's like, I'm that's saying. worse. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, paranormal or not, if someone's tapping on my window, it's the murderer of the woods, <laughs> the and I'm not going to stick around. <laughs> I don't know, but I wouldn't stay. Um, sometimes I'd feel like someone would be in bed with me, or would sit down on the couch with me, etc. No. Come on. This is horrible. It's the worst. I started to feel more and more uneasy. And I didn't know any of this was going on. And she didn't say anything to me because I never said anything to her. So we're just... Sorry, Jamie. I'm really sorry. I didn't know that you would have this problem. So, um... Atlanta. I started to feel more and more uneasy there. And it got to the point where I wouldn't sleep there alone. I'd either have Corey sleep over. Corey is now her husband. Or I'd stay at a friend's place if it was possible. Lastly, and the worst time in the trailer, was a night that Corey wasn't staying the night. It was probably right before I graduated college. I had been there for two and a half years. Corey was at his own apartment, and I woke up to what sounded like an extreme storm outside my trailer. But it also sounded like pounding on the walls outside. Loud pounding that wouldn't stop. And it sounded like someone was running up and down the length of the trailer, hitting the walls inside the trailer 
I was terrified. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I thought someone was in my trailer and playing a fucking sick joke on me. So I finally, like, moved my body, called Corey, and I asked him to come over, which he did. He checked all around the trailer, inside and outside. Nothing. There was no sign of anyone, no sign of any storm damage, and no sign of anyone having been around the trailer, let alone in the trailer. Still couldn't breathe. I was so scared. There was no storm that night either, so I have no idea what I heard. Oh. So there, was, there wasn't even any weather. It no. was just, just just a demon storm. It's fine. Uh, last thing she Great. said was, I couldn't fucking wait to get out of that place. Um, I bet. My brother-in-law, Corey, also had an experience at the trailer, and he oh, wrote about it. Poor Corey. <laughs> I know. we. You didn't do anything to deserve this. And for this story, the only note that I have is that Loki, the cat, no longer lived in the trailer. She lived with my mom and dad. Okay. Corey wrote, I always had an uneasy feeling when I would be in the trailer at night or any time alone. It would be almost impossible for me to fall asleep if I was sleeping on the couch. I always felt like I was being watched or something was constantly just out of the edge of my vision. But when I would turn to look that way, it would vanish, which also happened to Jim and also kind of happened to me with the whole bedroom mirror situation. Right. One of the most confusing experiences I had in the trailer was one night around 11 p.m. when Jamie and I were lying in bed. We heard something drop in the kitchen. Not a loud noise at all, but something small definitely hit the floor. So I got up to check it out. At first glance, there was nothing out of the ordinary, so I decided to turn on the light to see if there was anything that maybe I couldn't see in the dark. The only thing on the floor was a paperclip, which in and of itself was not anything out of the ordinary except the fact that we normally kept the paperclips in a separate drawer. But since we were both college students, it didn't really raise too many concerns since who knows where it came from. I was still pretty tired and lazy, so I decided rather than walk the 10 feet over to the drawer that the paperclips normally were in, I would just put it on the counter and one of us would put it away in the morning. So I got back into bed told Jamie nothing was out of the ordinary except the paperclip was on the floor so I put it on the counter as soon as I said those words the noise happened again so I got up again turned on the light immediately this time and the first thing I noticed when I walked in the kitchen was the paperclip was on the ground again why? (laughs) thinking that maybe I just put it too close to the edge and it fell off I put the paperclip back on the counter further back and went back to the bedroom Told Jamie the paperclip fell, put it back on the counter, and we left it at that. After laying there for about another minute, we hear the same noise for the third time. Just light the whole trailer on (laughs) fire. End it. I can't handle this. So he says, uh, my heart immediately starts beating out of my chest, and I stand up for the third time, fully awake now, and I walk slowly into the kitchen and turn on the light. Sure enough, the paperclip was back on the ground. Nope. I decided I was awake enough to walk that extra 10 feet now and put the paperclip in the drawer. (laughs) I went back to bed, told Jamie what happened, and I don't think either of us slept well that night. After waking up in the morning, walking into the kitchen, I discovered the paperclip was back on the counter this time and not on the ground. That's... Nope, that's absurd. I won't accept it. I picked it up, walked over to the trash, and threw it in, hoping that I would never see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Good. 
So Jamie and Corey move out and nothing follows them. Their life goes on as normal. They really haven't had any hauntings ever again. So fast forward again. I'm doing the podcast. We have listeners all over the world. And as you guys know, we love chatting with you. We're friends with you. We swap stories and movies and books and we vent to each other. Well, one of our listeners who lives in the UK and also wishes to remain anonymous but is really wonderful and deserves everything good in the world. Mm-hmm. We're emailing back and forth, giving each other book recommendations. And eventually I say to her, there's another book, but honestly, I hesitate to even recommend it because of my experience with it. And I give her the very abridged version of what happened with me, basically just saying that it caused weird things to happen in my home. And mm-hmm. she responded with, I have read The Uninvited and no, all capitals, exclamation point. That book completely fucked up my house. My friends had to come and do a cleansing. And it was this whole thing a few years ago. What? So I was like, huh? So I said, I need to hear this full story. Please tell me. So this is her story. So she spoke to her ex-roommate to sort of um, put their memories together and piece together the events. Uh, We're going to call him Jake. So she said, the main things we remember happening in the house is that around the time I started reading the book, things started being moved around the house that nobody could explain. Started off with little things, but then it started to freak us out. One weird thing was a picture of me and my girlfriend at the time that kept being taken off of the wall and turning up in random places when nobody was moving it or even when nobody was in the house. Uh, This scared me because that happened with my crucifix in Illinois. Right. She said, this also scares me so much. I remember one night I was reading it in my bedroom. I'm pretty sure I was reading about possession. I did not tell her that that's what I, she didn't even know my story about the crucifix and the lamp and reading about the possession. She just said this. This is just totally random and coincidental and all the things (laughs) at once. I can't, my mind is just exploding right now. She said, I was reading about possession and I heard someone running up and starting to pace around the hallway. And only me and Jake were home, so I thought it was him, but also that it was unusual because it was like two o'clock in the morning. So when I saw him the next morning, he told me that he had woke up just after 2 a.m. to a massive dark figure sitting on the end of his bed. And that it felt like the bed was tipping in its direction. Mm -mm. Nope. This happened to Jake a few times, bless him, and then he moved out. (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah, sometimes you just got to get the hell out of there. Smarter than I was. He's never had a paranormal experience before or since then. Wow. Then a couple of times in the middle of the night when I was reading it, I would hear someone storming up the stairs and stop outside my door. And then I would feel the atmosphere in the room completely change. And one night this happened... Uh, but it didn't stop at the door. I felt something coming towards me in the room. So I climbed out of my bedroom window onto the roof and into the garden because I literally didn't want to walk through it to get out of my room. That's how scared she was. I can't. She said visitors would see outlines of figures peeping around doorways at them and things at the corner of their eye. My backpack was on the floor in my room one time and the contents just erupted from it. Not like falling over and spilling, like shot up into the air. Okay, what? Then her and her friends decided to do a seance and a cleansing of the house. 
She said when we did the seance, we had a plate fling across the table with nobody near it. Lots of footsteps up and down the stairs. We did do a Ouija board and it said something like words lie, but I can't remember 100%. Afterwards, we performed a cleansing and everything completely calmed down, but I could never bring myself to finish the book. I just got a feeling of dread when I thought about reading it, so I gave it to charity. And I probably should have burned it, though. Mm-hmm. Probably. Has anyone tried to light this book on fire? <laughs> so I read all these stories, and I was like, holy shit. Like, the thumping, the objects moving, the sounds of people pacing and walking up and down, and seeing it the things out of the corner of your eye. Like, so many lines were repeated in our stories. And even like, you know, our UK friend saying she thought she was reading about possession at the time, which was the exact chapter yeah. that I was reading. Like, it just, there were so many things that I was like, this, it's like different variations of the same story. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot to be a coincidence. And also, just an update, I've given this book away three times. Literally like, you can have it. Thank you. Don't have to give it mm -hmm. back. Enjoy it. It's yours. It's always given back to me. Sometimes after years... This most recent time was my friend Matt Roberts who came on the show in season one. And while he was here recording, he was like, oh, by the way, I have something for you. And he pulled out this I remember freaking that. book. <laughs> you were like, don't tell Joe. He's going to move Yeah, out. <laughs> I literally was like, just don't tell Joe. Like, I gave up, though. Yeah. Matt never had any experiences. So, like, he was fine. Mm -hmm. And he's had plenty. He's a, you know, he right. used to be a paranormal investigator. So, um... Anyways, I gave up on trying to give it away, so it stayed here, and uh, I tried to read it again a couple weeks ago in preparation for this episode, and I did not finish it. Um, the first day I started reading it, I broke out in a rash. What? I literally took a photo of it because I was like, what the fuck? It started on my arm, on like my forearm, and then part of it was on my thigh, and it was just red oh, and inflamed. And just itch like crazy. That's very bizarre. Over the next couple days, I'd pick it up and just like read a few chapters at a time. I started getting really angry, like irrationally angry at things. Um, the cats, Joe, my neighbors, the rash was getting worse. And I was in such a foul fucking mood. It was miserable. And finally, after I spent an entire day in bed, like... A Saturday, too, like a day I was going to get to spend with Joe. I just spent it in bed. I like couldn't look at anything or do anything. Yeah. I just look, looked at the ceiling. So after that, I was like, you know what? I don't know if the book has anything to do with this. I don't know if it's just my anxiety and depression, but I'm out. See ya. Mm. I'm not reading it anymore. And yeah. rash cleared up. Anger went away. And that could be it a coincidence. the book. But I'm thinking after reading all these stories, it was not. It was 100% the book. So before I go... I actually want to read something to you. I reached out to the author of the book, Stephen Lachance, and I asked him if anyone had ever told him that reading this book had caused paranormal activity to happen around them. And this is what he wrote back. I have heard this before. Just a few weeks ago, actually, someone wrote on my wall that they had experienced activity from reading the book. The book was written from a very emotional place. I think it's possible some of that emotion could carry to a reader. The church would tell you it's demonic. In 2012, the Catholic Church, in a 156-page report, stated that they felt the haunting at Union House was a demonic infestation, oppression, obsession, and possession. Could some of that energy be working through the book? 
I would hope not. Some have told me the book has a way of opening their eyes to things they never believed or experienced before. So could this be why people are having the experiences? He said, I wish I had the answers. I spent almost two decades looking for answers to explain what happened to me and my family. And the deeper I looked, the more attacked I became. I walked away from the paranormal for that reason. I believe there are some things which maybe we are not supposed to uncover the reason as to why they happen or exist. He goes on to say that he now lives a very peaceful and quiet life in Mexico and that he has no solid answer for anyone and he prays that the book is not carrying on some psychic negative energy, especially since the intent of the book was to help and even to educate the people who read it. Right. So wow. I we're not the first people who have obviously yeah. had this experience and and the thing is is I can't come up with anything except for the book is evil because right at first my first thing was okay southern illinois we're so close to union missouri maybe it's a maybe it's because of that maybe we're just close but then mm-hmm. our friend in the UK also had this experience so you can mark that yeah. off the list exactly Then you can say like, oh, well, sometimes uh, reading books about the paranormal can open you up to having these experiences. I had experiences from childhood, so I didn't really need to be opened up. And I also like... This wasn't a new thing for you. You were already having these experiences. I also had several books on the occult and about hauntings that this hasn't happened with before. And my sister and Corey never read it. They never read the book. Mm-hmm. They were just in the trailer. They were just there. So, uh, yeah. like I I'm said... I'm kind of with Steven, where I'm like, I don't think this is meant to be uncovered. I don't think you have to come up with theories. I don't think you have to come up with reasons. I think we just have to accept this for what it is and try to give people the disclaimer if they're reading it and say, like, hey, not saying this is going to happen to you, but this has happened to several people and even the author is aware of it. So uh, read with caution. He's also like an extraordinarily religious person. So to think like maybe he put a curse on the book. It's like, not this guy. This guy's pretty religious, especially after this experience. He like kind of lost Doesn't sound like something he'd do he lost his faith a little bit before they moved into the house because his wife left him and his three children and mm-hmm. his sister died and he basically was like i'm not talking to god anymore because god fucking sucks uh yeah. and then once you know they moved into this house which of course naturally house was so cheap how could this big house be so cheap you know <laughs> let me tell you this is why But anyways, like I said before I started to tell the story, in no way is my hope that you go out and buy this book in hopes to experience something because um, none of us really had good experiences. It wasn't fun for any of us. Mm -hmm. But since I know how strong curiosity is and also because I know the book is just a very scary and entertaining read, I know some of you will go out and buy it. Oh, 100%. People are going to go get this book. And I just ask that as with all things paranormal and occult related, just be responsible and Mm -hmm. be safe. And if anyone... Try to be respectful to the book. Maybe don't... Don't mistreat that book. Maybe it'll treat you nice right back. Um, And if anyone does have any experiences in the past, maybe you've already read the book before, or if you have experiences in the future after reading this book, just please write in and share your story with us. I mean, we've got 
one, two, three, four, five, five of us now, six. There's mm-hmm. another person who didn't want to be uh, involved in the episode. So, yeah. Um, Let us know, guys. Let us know if the saga continues because this is pretty insane. Yeah. I can't. I'm like over here scratching my head. Just like I can't believe that this is all connected to no. a book. I've never heard of anything everyone... like this happening except for like the Necronomicon. No. In the Evil Dead. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the only time. <laughs> I mean, that's what this is. That's it, Ashley. No, it's very bizarre. Oh, there's one more thing. What was it? Oh, I was just going to say <laughs> that, um, say you're really, really interested and you're fascinated, and, but you don't want to get the book. Like, Google it. There's a ton of stuff about the, the book and the house itself online. There's even... If you do read the book or you do read about some experiences, there's photographs that they've taken um, of this place that corroborate some of the things that happen in the house. And the pictures are very scary. Oh, gosh. So that might have to be me. I might have to be on Team Google because, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I mean, you just listen to this podcast and you know I'm never going to read this book. I don't even like that it's in Ashley's presence and that. When I go to her apartment, it has to be there. It's around. <laughs> so good night. I hate everything. Nope, nighty night. <laughs> Let me just definitely gonna have to go watch several episodes of Parks and Rec and cheer myself up. Um. So, anyways, guys, thank you for listening to my very long tale. Thank you for telling it. That was so spooky, fascinating, wild. All of the things that we need in this Halloween season. And uh, if today is Halloween, happy Halloween. (laughs) Happy Halloween. And if it's not, once again, we hope you had a great one. And guys, keep it weird. Keep it weird. Ha, 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 ha.